there's that song that says, and I won't sing it because I don't sing to the devil, but it's Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. That's romantic sounding. And I won't talk to him like that and sing to him because he accepts that as worship. But there's a truth to that song. The blood of Christ is against him. He cannot cross the bloodline, doesn't have the legal right to do so, and doesn't have the capability of doing so because the blood wipes him out. The blood puts him to shame because that was what caused the blood on the cross is what caused Jesus to lead a, a herd of captives captive, the Roman triumph, they called it, the triumph of the Romans. And he led a, a captivity captive. He led a whole lot of captives of the devil captive out of that place of Sheol. And the devil and the, the king of the place and those of his army behind him were behind him and they were with their tails between their legs, their heads down. That was the way the triumph march went in that day. And that's what it did. So whenever you say I'm pleading the blood, I'm holding the blood against this situation or against the devil right now. That's what he's seeing. That's the picture that's coming across his mind. He can't stand it, can't handle it. It drives him batty. He's already, and you already knew he was batty, right? But it drives him battier. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. Praise you, Father God. You know what? My wife wanted me to make sure uh, she is... Dola is back. <laughs> She's back. And Dola, we both were children's past. I was a teenage mutant ninja children's pastor in the 80s and have done stuff through the years in different times and done children and youth revivals and things overseas and different stuff like that. Dola, of course, you're aware, was here uh, at the Rock House Kids, the founder and the different things. she, The wonderful things she did with them. But she was a, a night by night, day by day children's pastor in a sense of the word. They all called her Pastor Dola and she had to administrate. She's a real strong administrative motive gifting in her to administrate and keep it in her brain straight. Everything going on with the kids all the way from little bitties up to, to high schoolers, all these different groups to segregate and keep, keep, you know, because you can't have them together. They'll drive each other nuts and kill each other. You know, you can't do that. So she administrated and and arranged and had those things in her mind all these years. And she's got this excitement about her inner about, hey, we're stepping in here. The children have been have, have just been marking time for several years now, I guess. The kids ministry here just kind of marking time and just making do with what we have. But now we're going to going to spice up and splice up the children's ministry and the youth. Uh, the youth are coming, but the children right now. And she's with Miss Dodo out there, Terry tonight going over some things with her and we have got a work day coming up Saturday February 6th she said it please announce it and see if you know if anybody can put that on their calendar we're going to be going into this end of the building and setting this up for the children for kids world for General Shepherd kids world out here and we've got we're going to have a children's chapel where that big old thick carpet is in this room by the kitchen That'll be the chapel. Uh, there'll be the TV set up in there, all kinds of stuff like that. There'll be a children's instructional area. There'll be an actual nursery for our little bitties and for the older, older nursery kids. All that going on. So there's some grand plans, some great things in store for the kids of Kids World, for the kids of the area, the neighborhood that want to come. Uh, we found, both of us found through the years, if you bless people's children, the people love you the people join up and hook up with you big time. 
I did that with bus ministry and she did it with Rock House. And so a, a lot of good things happen when you bless children and you're reaching out to kids. You know, lots of kids, lots of grown-ups today said a little prayer in their little junior or primary school class, said a little prayer to Jesus and received him. And you know what? They, they might have uh, swayed off the road a little bit as they were teenagers. Many of them have. But you know what? They came back. These adult, a lot of these adults have a testimony. They, can't, they had that seed in them as a little child. And Father God, he's, you know, we say, oh, you give the, the, the devil an inch, he'll take a mile. Well, Father God will take 10 million miles. <laughs> you give him an inch and he'll be there 10 million years later, right there on the inside of you. I mean, he doesn't leave. He doesn't let loose. And so that's why it's important to get in. Uh, number one aspect of children's ministry is training parents to live the Jesus life in front of those kids. Amen. Because that's the number one imprint of life is how, were, how, did my mom, how did my mom and daddy live for the Lord? Or did they? How were they when we got outside away from the pastor's gaze? <laughs> so the biggest aspect of children's ministry is, is reaching moms and dads and influencing and training them to live a Jesus life in front of their kids. So those kids are imprinted with the Lord from the time they were little. And that's their memory they have. Basic leader, leadership principle that Jack Hayford says in Pastors of Promise, your people will only come up as high as you do, and your kids yep. will only come up as high as you do. That's right. That's right. And that's what we're aiming. We're, we're going we're to get these kids excited. And they'll, they'll be getting mom and dad out of bed Sunday morning. Hey, hey, we got to go to church. We got to go to church. We're not staying home today. You can stay home if you want. Well, no, they can't because they got to drive in the church, right? <laughs> so anyway, that's exciting stuff coming up. Saturday, February 6th is the work day. If you can put that on your counter, if you have some time available, we'll be all in here. They'll, however many shows up, we're probably not physically capable of doing it all. So doing the whole deal. So if you have the chance, put that on your calendar for us. Um, you forgot the time. I forgot the time. You know, I put a Facebook post. It said on there. I'm getting married on February 30th. You're all invited. Oh, I caught it. You caught it? You saw my comment? Yeah, and, and other ones commented. Other ones asked, well, you didn't say where? And I said, I said, everybody, just be there. I didn't say what time or nothing. Yeah. But you understand yeah. February 30th, right? You understand that, right? My, my comment was, as Betty knows, I always comment about the key of age. Yeah. The key of age. Yeah, I saw. I remember that, yeah. And Playing in the, we're gonna be, the organ going to be in the key of age, right? And, Yep. And, and the key of age, we're probably going to hear that up there. And maybe there's a February 30th. So yep. that was the gist of my comment. I can tell you this about music up there, having been there, I can tell you it's like nothing you've heard here. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so, it's so above, like the Father says, my thoughts are higher than yours. That's, the music is so high above what we have here. Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's incredible. Wonderful, wonderful. So anyway... We've got that going. We've got a lot of other good things going. We, we had a board meeting a few weeks back at the house, and we're, we have some good things laid out in advance. We, we shared them with you a couple of Sundays ago. Some good things come along, so we're excited about that. But we need to get moving tonight because I only have 25 minutes left. Yeah. <laughs> a 25-minute deadline, which will be a miracle here, but I'm, I'm going to reach you. 
I, I had a, a, an interesting time standing in symptoms the last couple of days, and, but I managed to make it. So we're going to get this done and, and do what Larry says, get her done tonight. I mean, you know, we, we were, had been, I wanted to, on the family night that we're moving into for midweek service, uh, Dola will have a ladies Bible fellowship study. And I think we have a room already for that over here that used to have ladies Bible study in here. She was going to use the big office in there. And yeah. we don't know which one we'll do for sure. Yeah, that's, we, we normally had a, a meeting in um, what's now your office. Yeah. Um, uh, but I'm, I'm wondering, do you have a big enough room? There is. It used to be. Uh, she and Tony went through looking at everything a couple of days ago. And Tony said this was our ladies' Bible study room right here. Okay. There was already one over there. Okay. It's pretty nice, actually. So, so we, we don't know which way we'll go on that. But the men will be called the Wild Man Warrior Project, WWP, instead of WWE, like a lot of guys like to watch. I'm anointed as the Wild Axe, according to okay. the prophet. Okay. The Wild Man Warrior is what we are. We'll be talking about. What's the women's doing? The women. I don't, Dola hadn't told me. She just called it ladies' Bible study. That's all she called it, so. I think they'll figure something out. That, what'd you say? She hasn't. No, no. One of these days, maybe. <laughs> so anyway, we were talking about mostly I was kind of doing some introductory about the headship issue that men deal with. Tonight, we're going to kind of veer a little bit off of that in a sense of the word. Because there is something even greater than just being the point man leading the family through life and being the head of the house. There's something that's even greater than that that we need to understand. And this will be part of the men's instruction too: the plan and its fulfillment. It's not just a battle. You're not you're not out every second of every day. There's a whole lot of other things going on and we need to get into the plan and its fulfillment what God has uh, designed for our lives. There's no time to fool around with the devil's games in our life. And there's plenty of games. You can all name a bunch of them, I'm sure. Little games and things he's thrown up to distract us. And those, that's all they are is distraction. Okay. The, the end of all things is near. You understand that, right? Yeah. You know, ri- literally, I believe you can go back into the, to the original Greek and the end times started within, you know, 30 or 40 years of the crucifixion, actually, this is the end times and all. So, but it, it's been going on for a couple thousand years. Okay. So we're coming up to the end of the end times is what's happening. And there is a necessity in this end times, be free from all that bound us up in the past. Now I hear some folks call that baggage. Anybody got any bag? I've, I, I've got some baggage from recent years, I've had a rough three, four years now, really rough four years. So there may be a little baggage there. We need to be, be free from it, to be free from everything that bound us up in that. And something very crucial is we have to develop and be sensitive to the Holy Spirit's influence and leading. You know, the word says this in Romans chapter eight, as many as are under the influence of the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. You know, in the King James, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, it, it literally means as many as are under the influence of the Spirit of God, under the influence of, well, you can be under the influence of a lot of things. You can be under chemical influence if you choose. You know, you, 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 can, you, know, you can go get you a, a citation from the popo out there 
and he pulls you over and you said you're drive DUI, driving under the influence, under the influence of what? The old wine. But we need to learn to be influenced under the new wine, the Holy Spirit's influence. So to become a true son of the living God, but to grow up in Jesus and be what we're supposed to be, the plan. That's what the plan is. What, what is the plan? For whom he did foreknow, he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. Oh, that's King James, you know, high and mighty King James stuff. It just basically says God knew way back trillions of years in, the, in eternity past. He knew there was a plan. The plan was to make us like Jesus. Very simple, actually, to make us like Jesus. So we need to learn to be like him. You know, first John, it tells us the one that says he knows him should live like him and walk like him. Ought to do like Jesus. What, how did Jesus live? He comes as the son of God, lays aside all of that and becomes a son of man, comes into a baby and, and lives inside these these earth and dirt, dirt bags, I call it, lives inside one of these and has to put up with what we got to put up with. It says he was in all points tempted like we were, like we are. It said that, but it says without sin. So he showed us the way to do it. And how did he do that? He, he had the flesh. What he did, he was the prototype of the power of God's existence sphere. The dinosphere, you could call it the power sphere. He was the prototype of that. How did he do that? By the Holy Spirit. He showed us the way because the Holy Spirit came upon him and the Holy Spirit was already in him genetically anyway because he was born of the Holy Spirit. But he was showed us the way under the influence of the Spirit is how we live. How do we live under the influence of the Spirit? We look at your Gospels and see how Jesus, WWJD, right? You got your bracelet? You got your necklace, WWJD, you know, <laughs> from several years back. They made a lot of money off that, you know. <laughs> so what do we do? We in the ultimate truth of it all is this. Jesus lived in complete obedience to his father, God. And, and all the past can't stop his thoughts and plans from coming to pass. All of our past can't stop it. Only you and I can put the brakes on for this plan stepping forth in the plan. Jeremiah 29 verses one through three. If you got your Bible or your iPad or your, your iPhone, or I say iPhone cause that's my universe, but you know, Android or whatever. And you got one of your, I've like 33 Bibles on my, my, my phone. I think something like that. You got that. Jeremiah 29 verses one through three. It says there, I know the plans that I have for you declares the Lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you a hope and a future. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. You know, everybody quotes that first part of the verse there. Did I typographically on my outline? Yeah, I typoed. I typoed, okay. okay. 11 through 13. I thought it was farther down, but <laughs> okay. So he, he said, I know the plans I have that I have made for you. And it's thoughts of, in the King James, thoughts of peace, of shalom. Thoughts to prosper and not to harm you. To give you a hope and a future. And he says two other things. We leave this out all the time when we quote this. Then you'll call upon me and come and pray to me and I'll listen. You'll seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. So you understand the plan, what the plan is. To seek and find and pray. Get answered. 
to understand that there is a shalom declared upon you by the blood of Jesus. Now, Hebrews chapter 12, that's a long ways away from Jeremiah. And it's proof that the man is supposed to make the coffee in the morning. Hebrews, right? Hebrews chapter 12. Isn't that right, Miss Betty? The, the, the man's supposed to make the coffee in the morning. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Wherefore, seeing, that is verse 1 for sure, I know that. Wherefore, not verse 11, wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight in the sin which does so easily beset us, and let's run with patience the race that is set before us. So you understand there is a race. You see this battle that we're talking about with the, with the appointment or a head of whatever, or the family unit or whatever. The battle, there's a race that we're running. And the battle is part of the race that we're running, you see. And so Paul says this, we're compassed about, you, you think about that, uh, we're, we're surrounded with a great crowd, crowd, a great cloud of witnesses, which is a crowd. Back in the day, you read some, uh, my, my major was history for a long time in college, and I, I just enjoy history, love uh, researching different things, aspects of it and all. And the, uh, the Olympic Games originated, of course, in Greece. And you understand what they did. They, the, the training and the athletic stuff would be very offensive to us in puritanical America because they trained and all that with nothing on, you know, and they did their exercise. They were very strong, some really, really almost supernatural athletic things that they would do. But they would uh, run through this thing in their races or their shot puts or spears or whatever, javelins they're throwing or whatever. And they had a crowd of people in the, the stadia, it's called the stadia. We call it get stadium from that around watching this thing. And, and I don't know if they had a hundred thousand or, you know, 150,000 seat stadium like some of our pro football teams, but they had a pretty good number for that day in their area. Athens, I think, was the basis of the Olympics. And so what would happen is there'd be a group of people up there, uh, different parties of the people up there, and the athletes would be running and they'd have I, I, maybe they might have worn a particular crown or something around to see who they were. Well, these people be out there screaming their heads off and shouting as they went by, cheering them on. And so Hebrews basically says here in 12.1, we're surrounded, compassed about with a great cloud of witnesses. It says, let us lay aside the weight and the sin which so easily besets us and run with patience the race that is set before. So Paul is telling us here, spiritually speaking, we're running a race. Okay. That's the life of the Christian. We're running a race. And he's telling us uh, in 2 Timothy 4, 7, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my race. I have kept the faith. So we're not just running a race, but we're to finish our race. There is an assignment. There is a mission. The Blues Brothers said, we're on a mission from God. Well, <laughs> I honestly believe every person born to the earth has a mission from God. There's a bunch of them don't bother to hook up and fulfill it and jump into it. But whenever you hook it, you're running that race. You have anybody ever run track here? Everybody, everybody ever get out on the track in, in PE class and have to run around that 440? That's tough. I'm telling you. And so you're running around that. Well, you have a particular track you're supposed to stand. If you're in an actual race, you have a track you're supposed to stay inside of. If you get outside of it, you can become disqualified or lose points or whatever. 
there's an issue with getting out of your track. So what do we have to do? We can't finish the race. We can't step into the next track over and finish the race for this guy in the next lane. Not possible. Or you could get over and do it, but you would be in vain. There'd be no reason to do it because you can't take his ribbon and you can't give him the ribbon that you win because it wasn't him. So you understand that, right? You can't finish someone else's race. But understand this, the uh, Hebrew in, in the the biblical days when they wrote these books down, they didn't separate them like we, we do. They didn't give them an address like we do. Hebrews 12, 1, uh, Hebrews 11. It was all one letter. Okay. Do you, anybody in here, do you separate your letters by chapter and verse? You write a letter to your kids or write a letter to your family members somewhere. You don't separate. You just write it. It's all written out. So you understand this. He wasn't separating Hebrews 11 from Hebrews 12 at all. And he talked about a, a, a group of people of faith, heroes of faith. And honestly, I believe he's inviting each of us to be a hero of faith, an invisible hero. You know, it's an that Yeah, I know there are Christians who everybody knows who they are and, you know, they, they might as well wear their Mr. Spiritual Banner or whatever on. But we see that, of course, they're celebrities. But the reality is this, there's an invisible herohood going on that people can get involved with. And that's the plan of the father in this race. So what he's telling you in Hebrews 11, be a hero like of the faith, like those in Hebrews 11. Uh, they're among the great cloud of witnesses. They're not watching your natural life here. I can tell you from experience, they don't ask questions about yeah, what kind of cars Dwayne drive nowadays? Did he get that new Pinto that he was wanting, or you know, or that new Gremlin or whatever he's wanting to buy? Did he buy? No, they don't ask stuff like that. Oh, you got the exploder. Okay, that excited him a lot right there. <laughs> but, but they don't ask that. They don't ask, hey, how much has Dwayne got in his bank account? They don't ask that. They don't say, hey, uh, how, how many beautiful dresses does Bobby have in her closet now? They don't ask things like that. They say. How is Jeff doing with the Lord? How is Jeff training his, how is he reaching his children with spiritual principles and making them run the race with him or like him? You know, how is, how is Matthew and his girlfriend, how are they coming together to at some point or another be one in me, in the Lord? How is that happening? I don't mean to embarrass you. I'm just, that's just an example. Just an example. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so that's what they're concerned with up there. And so what they're cheering is when you're 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 on top in the spiritual battle, your heel is stomping the head of the serpent all the way in that race. See, that's that's what they're excited about. Uh, Hebrews eleven thirty nine. These all received or obtained a good report through faith. That's a faith hero. That's an invisible hero to get that good report from heaven by faith. They're your family members. They're watching and cheering you in the faith race that you're running. And this is the Spiritual Olympics. And they're your audience, along with billions or maybe trillions of others who've made it there ahead of you, made it home ahead of you. So he says, lay aside the weight and the sin. Uh, I tell you what, if sin is left unchecked, it's important. I don't get up here and preach sin all the time because here's what I found out. If you preach sin all the time, if you preach sinners all the time, what are the people going to do? They're going to they're go out and sin. They'll act like sinners. 
If you go, they call it beating the sheep. If you're beating the sheep all the time, that's what ends up happening. But we do, we need to be reminded and understand the Bible says lay aside the weights and the sin. It so easily trips us up. That's what the Greek means. So easily trips us up. Uh, Sin, if it's unchecked, will trip up your race and keep you from the prize. That's why it's important not to focus on it, but to put it behind, lay it aside, cast it off. You know, you got a guy running a race. He's not wearing a duster coat in Oklahoma. You know, the big long, I call it a trench coat up here. Cowboy. I have one at the house, a black, beautiful black one. Goes all the way down to the ankles. Yeah, beautiful black. But I wouldn't dare try to run a race in that thing. And neither would you. No. Why? Because it is an unnecessary weight and a hindrance that will trip you up. What do you do if you're running? You're going to cast that off so that you can win the race. Right. So. Right. In the training. We're not training. We're racing now. See, we're 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 past that training stage. We're racing. So we need to understand that, that God doesn't want us allowing things to trip us up. We have a choice in that. Hebrews 12 says, you lay aside the weights. You lay aside the sins that so easily trip you up. You do it. So God tells each of us to do that. So that's that's the first thing that can probably get us tripped up in this race in his plan for us. Uh, Another reason for missing the prize is not running on the track that God assigned for you to run. A moment ago, I mentioned on the tracks, the racetracks I've had in school, they have a lane about about wide enough for for good broad shoulders to stay inside of. So you're doing this. And if you get over, depending on the kind of race, you get over into the other lanes and all that, you get disqualified or get points taken away. You won't get the prize because of that, you see. So uh, we need to stay in that lane and running outside the lane causes the race to become burdensome to you. Very burdensome. Matthew 13. Remember what Jesus said. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. You're burdened. You're overburdened. And I will give you rest. Come learn of me. Take my yoke because it's easy and my burden is light. So when we're in the race that God has assigned it, it, when we're actually following his plan, it's not burdensome to us. Doesn't weight us down. Just the, the, the very existence in that, in that lane doesn't do that to us. Uh, let us run with patience the race that is set before us. That's Hebrews 12.1. Run with patience. And you go back, look at your coin. Patience is a meaning of endurance. Let's run with endurance. We're in this for the long haul. And we need to remember this. Spiritual life has no similarity to McDonald's. There is no similarity to McDonald's. What do I mean? Well, I don't, you know, if, um, if, if I got into a situation I'm supposed to eat regularly, and if I, uh, we, the schedule didn't allow me to have some lunch at the house or something like that, and I'm in doing things in town, I'll go to McDonald's because they have $1 chicken, McChickens. And they're decent. They're not the most outstanding thing, but they're decent. So they have the two for two dollars now. And so I'll go in there and all I got to do is drive up. Hello, welcome to McDonald's. May I help you? Yes, I would like the, uh, the two McChickens for two dollars, if you don't mind. That's, that's all I need today. OK, well, that'll be two dollars and whatever, 15 cents or whatever like that. Two twenty one. Come around the corner and pay. 
And I do that. And you know what? And usually if there's not a lot of cars there, it can be done in like 60 to 90 seconds. And I got my McChickens and I'm ready to eat. Spiritual life has no similarity to that. You understand that? God's ways are not at all similar to that. Not to say that could never happen. I have had instant things happen to me in the past. It's more like the Chick-fil-A line. Yeah. That's the longest one they say is how far it's getting from one end to the other. Yeah. Yeah. And, and really, you got a better quality meal too. Yeah. Do the Chick-fil-A. So my, my son was a manager there at one time. So <laughs> Father God doesn't operate according to the, the Timex on our wrist. I'm, I, this doesn't have a brand, but it's a, it's a dollar watch from Walmart, but cost $8. So he, he doesn't operate according to the dollar watch on my wrist, okay? Uh, <laughs> matter of fact, I don't know that he, he, really, he really bothers looking at a clock ever. I don't know that he ever does. I don't know that. But uh, we have to learn to get the timing right in the plan that he has for us when we're running that race. Uh, Galatians 4 four through seven, when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son made of a woman born to redeem them who were under the law. So understand God has uh, eons, uh, ages, eons, different things like that's his measuring sticks. He's not measuring seconds, minutes, Days. He doesn't measure that. He measures ages, dispensations and ages. When the fullness of time came, the fullness of that dispensation, the time for Jesus to come, he sent forth the Son. So what do we need to do? We need to keep pressing forward in our race, but we can't bring the next step to pass on our own. That doesn't happen. And so many, uh, <laughs> through the years... <coughs> Through the years, I've seen so many cases where someone felt like God told them something and they ran right wherever and tried to make it come to pass right then. And you know what happened? They got ahead of Jesus, what they did. And the Lord would say this to you. He said, I'd much rather you were behind me than in front of me. That's the truth. I'd much rather you were behind me in front of me. So where patience comes in, you must prepare yourself. You've got to have preparation. You've got to have capacity. You've got to have capacity. The Lord has to build your ability and capacity in these things, okay? Uh, getting ahead of Him can set you off track out of your race lane. When you get ahead of Him, you get in someone else's lane, you're in trouble, you see. We need to get not only the what of God's plan, but the when and the how. The when and the how. It's not some way, somehow. It's when and how, Lord. Seek him for that. Just because he tells you something doesn't mean you jump out immediately and get it done on your own. No, no. You wait upon his when and his how. That's what you do. He's taking time to develop and prepare your capacity to do his will, to do things his way. Because he said it in the word, my ways are higher than your ways. They're as high as the heaven above. My word, my ways, and my will. They're so high as the heaven above the earth above yours. So he's saying, follow my will, follow my way. Develop your ability to fulfill my will. That takes time. 2 Timothy 2.15, study to show yourself diligent in the word. Amen. 
study to show yourself approved, but diligence, what it means. Be diligent about that. Pay attention. Focus upon God's will through his word. Amen. Uh, Prepare yourself for the next step. So number one, you can recognize the next step when it arrives. That's a big issue. If you get off your track, you won't recognize your next step coming around the curve because you'll be out out of place, out of lane. Your vision will be uh, faulty for it, you see. And then number two, prepare yourself for the next step you have, so that you have the capability to step into it. So like a relay race, we need to be prepared to receive the baton. You ever run a relay? I've run relays. I never was on the track team. I wasn't that fast, but just practicing with them. Run the relay. What are you doing in a relay? Someone's got a stick there, and they're... And as they're coming up to a spot here, well, you're waiting on them, and they're coming up, they're going to set that baton out like this, and you're supposed to reach back while you're running and grab that thing and keep running to the next runner and pass it onto their hand. So we need to be like a relay, relay race prepared to receive the baton to run our leg, our assignment of the race. And that is a place of greater anointing, responsibility, and blessings. That's where we get in the plan of God. We've got more of this to go into next time. But I'm going to close right there because it is right now. The gong is ringing right now. They're gonging me back there, the gong show. So we're going to shut her down right now. Anybody that is live streaming with us tonight, we want you to know that God loves you. Jesus loves you. They love you. Jesus said, I love you this much. And he died for you. And he's prepared. That's what we were singing about his blood by the blood that he shed on that cross Uh, He brought us back into Father's house and the family made us able to be there. It's all because of what he did. Nothing we do makes us able to get in there. It's only Jesus' fault that we can get in there. So you need to accept what he's done. The Bible says this, as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become sons of God. And to step into that sonship with him, you need to receive him. And that's as simple as this. Say it to him. Lord Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and my Savior right now. I thank you for wiping away my past and making me a new creation in you, allowing me into Father God's household and family. I'm praising you for that right now. I confess you. I acknowledge you as my Lord and as my Savior. Amen. That's all you need. That's all you need. He made it. People complain about easy believing. Well, it's it's easy to believe in Jesus. It's actually easy to believe in him. And just receive what he's done. Accept that into your life, into your household. Uh, You'll need instruction in the word of God because the Bible says you're like a newborn baby. You know, the newborn baby in the nursery, they basically can't do anything. But what do you do? You feed, you pick them up, you feed them, you change their messy diaper. You rock them and burp them and all those kinds of things as a little baby. And then they grow up and they they get out of that. But you're in that position right now. You need to be nourished and fed and built up in him. You you need to move forward in Jesus Christ as your Savior and become a spiritual giant in the land like him. Amen. Amen. Be blessed. Be fruitful. Multiply. Replenish the earth and have dominion over it. Uh, The Lord bless you and keep you to make his face to shine upon you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his shalom. The love of God, the grace of the Lord Jesus, and the friendship of the Holy Spirit be with each one of you. Be blessed. Amen. Amen. We are officially completed with this evening service. Thank you for coming.
Thank you for streaming with us. And uh, we just pray that each of you uh, gets into this will of God, gets into your place in the race, gets into fulfilling his plan and stepping into what he has designed for you. The thoughts of Shalom, as he called it, Jeremiah 29.